Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. I mean, same, but also, I mean, welcome to Into the Twilight, where you hate everything, but we talk Hello. about all of those things, so. <laughs> uh, if you're hearing an additional voice, it is not a guest, it is just our Yeti microphones being anthropomorphized, <laughs> so. It's a feedback loop, you know, it's just <laughs> echoing. Yep, we just speak it into existence. No, we have a, we have a special guest on the pod today. It's me. Woo-woo. Hello. It's me. Hey. Um, we are so happy to have Megan here on the space. I'm so glad. I feel like we talked about this like a couple months ago. I'm so glad that you are here. I've been so excited to do this. I've been excited to see our the movie, which is our, our topic of discussion today. And I've also been so excited to join you folks and just yell about stuff and life and things and Twilight adjacent media. Like, I love that. I love the hook of this podcast. Oh. So I'm so stoked to be You've here. come to the right place. Yes. Because we do a lot of yelling. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll fit right in. Almost yelling is our natural yelling. tone. <laughs> yeah. yep. I don't think there should be anything quieter. We should be yelling everything all the time. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yep. That is our natural cadence. So I would suffice it to say, Megan, you are home. Welcome. Oh, Welcome to the space of yelling about Twilight and yeah. about Kristen Stewart adjacent things. It is yes. the warmest of embraces I'm experiencing right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, as we always start this off, um, I'll start with you first because you are a guest. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I nothing really exciting to report. I'm I'm awake. I'm physically present and not taking any of it for granted. That's for dang sure. Loving it. Just loving existing. Hey, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love to hear yeah. that. Oh my gosh, this is the most positive outlook this podcast has ever heard. Ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. I cling That's to beautiful. it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's perfect. It's good. You got it. Yeah. It's refreshing and almost it's I'm just not used to it, I think. <laughs> I we're just here and I think that we try to have this corner of of space that is you know, like separated from our world that is on fire, but I don't know that we've ever actively tried to make it a positive space. And so to have someone who's so like upbeat and grateful is, it's just, I'm so thankful for it. So thank yeah. you for having that oh, here. Thank you. Um, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm thinking about when I went to see underwater last night and there was a, giant line of people to see Doolittle and that oh, no. like I feel like I lost so many years of my life. <laughs> people had to be turned away. They were like <laughs> turning people away because too many people were there at my fucking regal for Doolittle. <laughs> On a Tuesday evening? <laughs> On a Tuesday evening. Granted, I think it was, like, some sort of, like, promotion or, like, even maybe a free screening or something. But they turned away tens of people. And I was like, I'm just here to see my wife, Kristen Stewart, fight some <laughs> sea monsters. Please let me go. I don't. I'm not a part of this. I don't want to be associated with this. No. And that haunts me. I think I can. That is technically a hate crime. So I <laughs> will be doing something about that. <laughs> Yeah, you should, I mean, you should definitely at least, like, write a review somewhere. I don't know where, but <laughs> somewhere. A review that's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you gotta reel it in, guys. Yeah, send it to the Doolittle people and be like, hey, please stop. Stop with hey, your movie. Robert Downey Jr., can you please just stop? <laughs> I know that your movie's already out, but can you please stop showing that trailer where it seems like you die at the end of this movie, (laughs) but like in real life and not in the movie? Thank you very much. Um, That's awful. And I'm sorry that you had to experience that. 
you know, we persevered. Um, but how are you, my dude? Um, I haven't seen the outside in so long. <laughs> um, I've, my city has been covered in snow for days. Oh, and Lord. if you know anything about Seattle, it's that we cannot handle snow. Yeah. Uh, we have so many hills and so little, so little plows. <laughs> So few, um, <laughs> and so I, uh, I joked, I joked, I think I made the mistake of joking last podcast and I was like, oh, bull, maybe I'll get a snow day next week. And now I haven't seen the outside in so long. <laughs> uh, so, uh, maybe I'll have school this week. Maybe oh, I'll be able to go to my job and teach, um, or maybe I will not, Maybe and I'm just a snowman now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am just the woman in the window and forced to reenact rear window from my apartment. And that honestly feels appropriate. Yeah. And that's okay with me. For now, uh, until my cats run out of food and then <laughs> they riot, which is also fine. I deserve it. It's okay. Start an uprising. <laughs> your home yeah (laughs) um but i'll just live stream it it'll be okay for now stay tuned hell yeah love that so one of the my favorite things megan to have you join us here is we ask a couple things of our guests we give you all homework um which works out great for us the one thing megan that we asked you to bring to the space was to bring your story about twilight to us can you share that with us now oh boy i most certainly can it is i i think part of a private shame of mine because i was absolutely one of those girls who like totally to to everyone's face like poo-pooed twilight and was like the biggest (laughs) a-hole like maybe on the planet and then would go home and read the books secretly <laughs> like no one can know I read these books and so they were like these like sorted like secret tomes that I would like read and reread as a teenager uh, secretly enjoying okay. them but not publicly enjoying them and it was a brutal existence I felt torn uh, ripped in twain like just not fully myself and now I think honestly my r- relationship with Twilight has allowed me to be more free in terms of the things that I love and not caring about what other people think of them which is a tremendous burden and it's all thanks to Stephanie Meyer it's all hers it's all hers I mm. so thank you again it's, we're sticking with relentless positivity at this point um because later <laughs> right, we're going to talk about enough. all the near drownings that happened in this wild movie and actual right. real drownings. So why not? Why not keep it upbeat? Okay. I have so many questions. Okay, please. <laughs> what, when did you read the books? How old were you? Uh, I, they came out uh, when I was sophomore year, I think. I was maybe 15 or 16. Um, and I was extremely emo, like powerfully emo at that point. I radiated uh, <laughs> emo energy. Um, and so it was this thing of like, it kind of is like the perfect soapy teen book for like an emo teenager. But at the same time, there was that sort of like, streak of superiority running through like bandom and that kind of thing so you don't want anyone to know that you're reading twilight right. but it also speaks to you on like a very goth like soft goth i wasn't hard goth but like a soft goth kind of way like level just just a sure a tender goth yeah sweet tender like soft someone used the phrase pastel goth recently and i was like that's it mm. that's what it was i love that wow. yeah yeah I haven't heard that name in years. Oh, no. <laughs> I I do. I feel like I'm that age where like things are popular and then eight months later I hear about them and I'm like, oh, that's nice. It's nice to know that teenagers a year ago were enjoying this and now I get the scraps. It's delicious. I roll around in them like on the floor and uh, it's fun. It's great. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like that's the ideal way of consuming cultural trends, though, because you don't get the discourse around it. You don't get, like, people being like, this is actually bad and awful and here's why. Or, like, this is for no real reason. You just get to, like, enjoy things blissfully. And you're like, this is great. I don't have to worry about it and what this means. I'm just having fun. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I I envy that in a way of being able to kind of have your own opinions on things. Whereas I feel I feel personally so steeped in it with Mm -hmm. my seventh graders of they they feed me those things. And by the point that I don't know that and also all of my social media that it's like, I rarely get the time to decide whether or not I like it before the internet has like turned its back and been like, here's all the things that are a problem with these kind of thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. And on the flip side, like I do kind of softly envy you because I feel like kids are just the coolest people on the planet. And like they, their brains are so smart and so much smarter than mine that I just like want to listen to their ideas and be like, you're going to fix this world. I'm so proud of you, small child. Um, But how do you floss? (laughs) Wait a second. Do the floss again. How do you floss? (laughs) I'm not getting it. My arms don't move like that. It's great. (laughs) They are... They are beautiful, embarrassing creatures. Um, but I think I think there's definitely a balance. There's a there's gotta be. There's gotta be someone that has figured out a balance somewhere, right? I just don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. There's gotta be somewhere. Um, so thinking back then to Twilight, was there a character or characters that resonated with you at that time? Hmm. Um, I honestly, like, I was very into, like, the Cullens, like, as a family. Like, I always, I was like, oh, this, like, very cool group of, like, extremely beautiful people who live in a, an incredible house and are just, like, gonna live forever. Like, that, <laughs> when you're a teenager, you're like, that's, that's cool as hell, man. Like, I just want that. Um, which I guess is pretty capitalistic and horrible. Um, you know, looking back at sure, it, but you know, sure, we're yeah. all, we're all like that as teenagers a little bit. Well, that's probably a sweeping generalization, but yeah. So I just like, I loved that. I wasn't, you know, what's weird is I wasn't super into like Edward. Like Edward was not really the primary pull for me. He wasn't the coolest person in that family. I feel like he was kind of the nerd and the rest of them were like kind of awesome, <laughs> which maybe is a hot take and might, um, get me absolutely slaughtered um by the the twilight fandom but i i stand by it i think edward's a bit of a dork and his family is awesome yeah. I, edward's a fucking nerd <laughs> he is a blushing bride no i would agree shy, yeah that's not an opinion we shy away from at all on okay thank he's god he's a fucking dweeb <laughs> I, I feel yeah, he's really, embarrassing. He's a huge nerd. He's a big piano playing dork who just runs around the woods and plays piano. And uh, you know what? That's great. I'm so glad that he's happy. Like I'm I'm that's fantastic. Yeah. But I uh, man, the baseball man, that was the that was the action sequence that I was very into. I was like this sounds wild. Hell, yes. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Absolutely. We were all changed by that scene in one way or another. (laughs) I agree. Both in the book and then definitely in the movies. But I feel like to echo off of your point, too, I feel like based on what I've seen from not only us here, but then within our audience, too, I feel like the general consensus on swoon-worthy characters have been Jasper. Mm -hmm. Yes. One. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it seems like as well, like, Alice and Rosalie yes, within the Cullens absolutely. have been like the swoon-worthy folks too. Yeah. So I feel like you're you're within you're within the majority, at least within our, our listenership that I've spoken up. So thank God. I like kind of wanted to be Alice a little tiny bit. Like just a tiny bit. Oh, yeah. Just for just for a day, and then I can come back to my earth life and be like, that was great. You know? that i i get that that's for sure there's something quite powerful about the life that that she lives that's for sure yeah exactly did you fall into i would say most of the majority at our time period of kind of moving from a transition of kind of like hating on case do to now transitioning where you have more of a respect on her like what was your journey with case do oh man i mean like so i i did in through high school and college, I did a lot of sketch comedy and stuff like that. And part of that is like doing characters and everyone had a Christian Stewart and everyone made fun of the same sort of idiosyncrasies that I don't think were necessarily, I mean, they were acting choices, but I think they were kind of there to hold up the script in parts. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. so it, it's sort of just a, 
every woman I knew in comedy had a Kristen Stewart impression and every impression was the same impression. And it was very like, oh man, she can't act. And that was it. That was, you hung your hat on like, oh, this person can't act. And then you see her career just like open up and she has all these roles and you're like, what, what were we talking about? (laughs) Like you can't base anyone's ability on your friend's you know, improv impression in a basement of a bar somewhere. Like that's not how it works. So absolutely. Like it was a, it was a growth moment for me when I was like, man, she's just like so cool. (laughs) Like she is, she's cool. She picks interesting roles. She like, she doesn't sort of stick to one thing and keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like she just seems like a very awesome chill person. And I think the the sort of onboarding, not to go way um, off topic, but the reason that we finally got together and um, I sort of strong armed my way into being on your podcast is because I was like <laughs> raving about Charlie's Angels and like what a fun yes. ride that was. Like she's so, mm. you always forget, I, I always forget that she can like crush comedy too. Like she's a very, very funny yep. person. So yeah. Just like quietly loving her so much. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. I, yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and that seems to be, unfortunately, the trend, right? Is that like, it was very much like put down, um, especially early on in Twilight about like her mannerisms and acting at that point, And then having to, as like a culture, unlearn that to now realize like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what was happening at that time? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is a bummer. Um, so that is, that is fantastic. And I'm excited to see how like your growth of case two is going to help us inform with underwater too. Oh boy. Um, Brief break, though, for current events. We got just like a little bit of you stuff. One is that they are officially making a season three, which like, that doesn't surprise me at we all. Knew. We, we knew. knew that. <laughs> um, we knew. It's coming out next year. I figured that was happening. Yeah. Um, and then, Cody, you're bringing some wedding news to the space. Do you want to <laughs> share... <laughs> What you have for us, please. <laughs> this gift. Um, so The Cut does this little wedding series where they basically talk to like famous people about their marriages and their weddings and all that very fun stuff. And then I got this in like a newsletter, I think, one like one of these stories. And it was <laughs> the You showrunner, also known as Our Girl, Our Gal, Sarah Gamble. <laughs> yeah. And the headline was... The couple's astrologer told them it had to be a noon wedding. And that was all I needed <laughs> to sail into marriage wedding town <laughs> and just revel in the I just... wild shit that this is. I mean, it all checks out, right? Because we know Sarah Gamble. That's kind of her yep. stick. This is her little business. Um, but it's, man, this whole thing is a treat. It's also incredibly long and incredibly detailed. With all oh the yeah, fucking photos. So enjoy that. Um, but yeah, that's fun. That's always a great time. Everything that I have learned about this woman over the past decade, since she was, I first learned about her when she was a showrunner for Supernatural, to now being on you. Nothing about this woman surprises me at <laughs> all. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So the fact that she consulted someone to find out about the time of her wedding. Right. I everything about this tracks for me. So yikes. <laughs> but great. Cool. Yeah, there's some great photos. She's looking cute as hell. Yeah, I mean the photos are great, but also, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I I'm gonna start with this first one about Stephanie Meyer. And I both of these I I don't know which one is more Buck Wild today. <laughs> Of these current events. But I'm just going to start with this one. Because this was sent to us twice. Um, last week when I first checked this. And I just... I there, As Cody mentioned earlier, we could make a whole show about this post <laughs> alone. So I'm going to do my best to try and summarize it in as short of a way as I possibly can. Um, but this post was sent to us. It's a Tumblr post, which like, wow, I cannot believe. But here we are. It's some fun facts about Stephanie Meyer. 
And I thought at this point in the past three years, we had gone over everything there was about Stephanie Meyer, but here we are. Um, as we knew, Stephanie Meyer has lots of siblings. Um, what I didn't realize is the red string connections between all of her siblings and how they are included in the Twilight Saga, which is post by uh, Roxy Lalonde then describes. So her siblings are Seth, Emily, Jacob, Paul, and Heidi. Now, dear listeners, you might be like, hmm, that's weird. Those are interesting choices. Those sound really similar to the Twilight Saga. And you might be like, well, yes. So what this post then does uh, is describes how they are included all the way from Jacob, as in Jacob, Jacob Black, (laughs) all the way to Heidi, as in from New Moon, the assistant in Volterra, who then was, like, killed. And it is blowing my mind that her, she, instead of going to therapy, decided to just share her relationships with her siblings in the form of books that are in the hands and goodwills all over the world. I want to know all of your thoughts now, please. And thank you. I, okay. I've been, I know I've been positive so far in the episode. I fucking love this. (laughs) Change it. This is absolutely like, and it's still positive, but like the level of petty, like I, this is, if I wrote a book, I would love to do this and be like, oh, hey, like you're my best friend. And like, we're going to be best friends in the books. And like, we're, we're very cool. And like, here's my enemy. Oh, and he rolled off of a cliff into an ocean. And then the ocean is actually surprise at lava and you died and here's here 50 million dollars thank you for airing out my personal grievances like this is exactly the shit that i would pull because i am a mess of a human being and i love it i love it i live for this yeah it is huge (sighs) chaos energy yes part of me wants to think that this is just like she's like 10 like fucking chess moves ahead (laughs) where this is all just like a huge bit and this wasn't like oh i'm gonna do this because like I hate my sister or whatever. She's like, I'm going to make everyone think I fucking am a psychopath and I hate all these people. That would be just like galaxy brain. That would be great. But I also have read Stephanie Meyer's work before. No, we know that she's not capable of that. (laughs) And I know that. But I just would like to live in that fantasy for a little bit. Please play in the space with me. (laughs) Yeah, I I will. And I will. I will. I, I just... I just, I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just sitting here pulling my hair out, thinking about the fact that Stephanie Meyer, to, knowing that we've read about her writing process, yeah. so Stephanie Meyer and fucking Bob the Builder playing in the background, two babes on her lap, writing hunched over on her laptop. And here she is being like, I'm so stressed out. Life is so hard for me. The only way that I'm going to be able to deal with this catharsis is if I take my fucking sister, Emily, and I make her face maimed by a werewolf right now. Because that's the space that I'm in. Because my fucking sister, Emily, brought over a tuna casserole for the third (laughs) time this month. Fucking Emily. Listen, we all have our coping mechanisms, you know? (laughs) Because instead of... as healthy as others. (laughs) (laughs) Because instead of starting a chain email with part of her family, Stephanie Meyer... She's decided to put this into a book, and no one in her editing team decided to call her out for it. Yeah. I mean, like, the upside, the upside here is, like, when you have that many siblings, and you're like, man, my sister doesn't like me, better go to other sister. Like, you've got backups. You've had two backup (laughs) sisters, and you have backup brothers, so, like, you don't... I'm not I'm not advocating, you know, leaving <laughs> emotional ruin in your path wherever you go, but like you have backups. Right. You got you got spare sisters. You have three of them. 
That's 66% is a pass, legally speaking, at least in Canada. I don't know what it's like in the States, but I'll take it. I think two out of three is not bad. Uh, I swear it was was two thirds. (laughs) This is not a crime. This is not a crime. (laughs) You can believe me. You gotta understand. I have so many sisters. It was only one. It only did the one. What I really want to know now is what Heidi did when she ended up getting the copy of the book, like the final copy of New Moon. And she was like, oh, my God, Stephanie, thank you so much. I can't believe you used my name in this. And she scoured it, stayed up all night, read the whole thing. And she sees fucking two sentences of her name. And... She comes back and she says, wow, Stephanie, thank you so much for nothing. And now every time she just gets to be a petty little, petty little brat about it. And that's, that's all I'm excited that's for. That's her right. That's her right. And that's her, that's exactly what she gets to do now. Um. Anyways, this is, this is the post that means the most to me now. Um. I, I was gonna get a full back tattoo of the whole thing. Yep, <laughs> I'm just gonna get a tattoo that says Jacob Meyer because I, <laughs> I'm gonna find him someday. I need to know where he is. I hope that he is out there somewhere and he has found peace <laughs> in the world. Ideally, yeah. um, somewhere, somewhere. I don't know if I put money on uh, it, but maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, he's found peace. <laughs> maybe, or at least like a good therapist. Yes. Hopefully. More likely. All right. Um, Cody, I'm going to pass this last one off to you. <laughs> you're going to uh, set me up for <laughs> Mainly because you're the one that found it. I did. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, I believe was, in you. <laughs> thank you. This is another thing that cursed my inbox this week. Um, <laughs> it's from the AV Club by someone named Kevin Cortez. Thank you, Kevin. Um... And it's, the headline is, Tumblr's obsessing over the events that link Fifty Shades of Grey to, you guessed it, 9-11. Of course. (laughs) Of course it's 9-11. So go on. So right, we have like a lot to unpack here. Um, (laughs) Apparently there's, it's really like a, a fucking conspiracy red string, like, flow chart situation on the the skin of Tumblr, I feel like now, where there's this fun, this photo, I can't stop looking at it, it's some dude just (laughs) pushing down dominoes, and at the end is 9-11, or at the beginning is 9-11, at the end is Fifty Shades of Grey, and I, that's my new screensaver, that's my new everything. It's really powerful to me. I'm putting it on a t-shirt, like, I need this everywhere. And basically, they did like a five, a six bullet point breakdown of the events of what led from 9-11 to the conception of Fifty Shades of Grey. And I will recite them to you right now. And you would have thought that like I made this. Right. This seems but like I... something that would have been constructed in your brainscape. <laughs> but I did not. And so no. I'm very interested to hear more. Yeah. First thing. 9-11. It happens. <laughs> Number two. Yes. <laughs> Gerard Way. Hear me out. Witnesses 9-11. <laughs> Number three. Okay. Starts My Chemical Romance post 9-11. Then Stephanie Meyer obviously fueled on just emo <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> yep. Writes Twilight. Yep. And then E.L. James writes Twilight fan fiction. Right. Which becomes Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I mean I feel like my brain is pudding. Like I have <laughs> lost all semblance of self right now. <laughs> I'm all I can see right now is just 
you looking at us, looking back at your PowerPoint, <laughs> looking back at us and being like, I don't see where you're confused like, here. And any questions? I, I don't think so. It's all right. There. I think my uh, I think my point's made, actually. Yeah. This is full team <sighs> logic right here. Come on. I mean, this to me is like. Yes, exactly. It's ironclad. And perhaps this comes from the perspective of being like a, like powerfully like a like a basically a fount of emo um feelings. Uh not around 9/11, but a little bit after 9/11. And like sure. as someone who so I listen to uh My Chemical Romance or uh MCR as the kids call them. Uh, and I, uh, when I had my summer job, I worked at a sock factory, uh, where I, yeah, I know wild. Uh, and we, we, uh, uh, sat around a big table and put all the labels on the socks and we were allowed to listen to music. And I listened to My Chemical Romance, mm. and you would not believe how many goddamn socks I got through in a day. It's fucking wild. They are so efficient. They just, like, uh, like light up that part of your brain that makes you want to do stuff. And, like, I can see that plausibly being, like, I got to write a book. I got to write a book about vampires who want to fuck but totally don't. Um, and uh, it, it just it makes sense to me because I think that missing link of, like, there's something in that very sad music uh and sometimes frenetic music that just makes you want to do something yeah i'm i'm very interested in the logic of this post <laughs> right. um i but i am intrigued in the confidence of it i'm i find that very powerful yeah. so that is uh that's very interesting to me um but yeah it's uh it seems pretty ironclad so yeah yeah emo was very uh, powerful that's that's all that we that's, need to know <laughs> yeah i would uh i i have no questions i guess is uh, i have none questions yeah but our listeners do so Ooh, nice segue. Wow, that was an incredible. Um, Can I just pause the podcast? That was a fucking great segue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Um, we did get a question. Would y'all ever watch Vampire Diaries? <sighs> yeah, that's just, the no. <laughs> that's the response I had too. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much of it, you know? Yeah. That's how I felt too. If we want it, listen. If we want this podcast to never die, which is fine and totally something I'm open to, we could do that. That could be in the roster. <laughs> I I can be bought, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. Megan, did you ever watch the Vampire Diaries? I, I didn't. And now that I know there are eight whole entire series seasons of this particular television show. I don't think I'll ever be prepared. You know, that's like, yeah. it's like uh, wanting to tunnel into a mountain and let the mountain fall on top of you. Like, it's too much. It's simply too much mass. <laughs> I can't do it. I do. Yeah. I do respect that fandom. I don't know. Do I know what the story is of the Vampire Diaries? Um, not especially, but I do know that everyone there is beautiful and there are at least one vampire. There are one vampire, maybe two vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's one vampire who writes a lot of diaries. Oh, <laughs> like, I just, is it like Sex in the City, but Carrie is a vampire? I, I, I'm very, I'm extremely oh ignorant gosh. and I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. I simply just do not know. I'm making fun of myself. No, you've just created my dream show is what you've just done. Great. <laughs> I hope it's not vampire diaries so we can show. actually write it let's do it <laughs> i have if you if someone at gunpoint asked me to give any plot points from the vampire <laughs> diaries i could not no i could not Nuh-uh. i have I was around when people were watching it. I was on Tumblr when people were watching it. Yeah. I I swear that I have seen a couple minutes of it for through several years because there it was there was a time when it was on before Supernatural was on on the CW. I could not tell you anything about it. Yeah. Other than the like brunette woman. Okay, maybe I can I can tell you one thing. 
the brunette woman left before the end of the TV show. I know that Whoa. one thing. Whoa. She's the main woman. I, she got to stay. I know. <laughs> I know. But I just remember that because of like Twitter. People like freaked out about it. That's the only thing I know. All right. The time has come. We need to talk about this really powerful movie. Underwater. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Gay Atlantis. Gay. <laughs> alien. Underwater alien. <laughs> yeah, I we need to take a moment just really quick, Cody, and talk about the name that you gave our our group <laughs> Skype. Oh, I called I called it Gay Atlantis. Yes. Yeah, which is Case Two looks just like Milo Thatch from fucking Atlantis. Yes. It's got the right. fucking round ass fucking eyeglasses and butchous appeal. It's great. And the the big old coat, which I remember big Milo. Coat. <laughs> I remember Milo having too. Um, I want to know all your thoughts about underwater. I, it, you know what, it did exactly what it needed to do. I went in. I was mm-hmm. scared out of my goddamn mind for two hours, and I left the theater, and I was like, "Yeah," and that's exactly what I wanted. Exactly. And also, uh, since we're just tagging onto that fashion point, uh, Kristen Stewart's sports bra in this movie is the coolest thing in the world. And I want one, even though Mm. I simply could never. I could never, but I want one. It just looks so cool. Yeah. Best supporting actor, (laughs) Kristen Stewart's sports bra. (laughs) (laughs) Put did a lot of work in that particular film. (laughs) So true. But it is, I don't know if you guys ever read. by the man who wrote Jurassic Park, uh, Michael Crichton wrote a book called Sphere, and it was um, it was this movie exactly, and that's it. So th- that was wild to me. I'm I oh. I did enjoy it though. Um, so I enjoyed the movie and the huh. book. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that he had influence on this, but I didn't know that it was like directly based on. I don't know. I, like, just to the lawyers, I'm getting a note from the lawyers to say not to say that. But like, I, I do. Like, like they're not simply not affiliated. But like, wink, wink. Same thing. You know. Hi, yeah, I'm getting a page right now for people up top. Uh, I, I gotta just redact everything that you just said. Yeah, leave that. Thirty seconds. Cut it out. Don't keep it. Don't keep it. Cut it out. We're we're all gonna get sued. <laughs> I had very low expectations going into this movie. Uh-huh. Primarily and only because TJ Miller was in this movie. Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and so I went in expecting nothing. <laughs> and so I would say that I had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because Low expectations. You can't go further from that. Always got to build up. Yeah. I One... Because it was Twilight, but under the sea. <laughs> and two, because T.G. Miller was, like, the second one dead. Yeah. Out of, like, the main crew. And so I didn't have to listen to his fucking voice. And that really helped the whole experience. I will say, T.G. Miller should have been the first to go. Hard agree. Because, mm-hmm. like, the best boy died first. And that's just rude. He was so great. And it was just like, bye. Goodbye. Here's TJ Miller for another hour. <laughs> yeah, Have fun. Annoying. So annoying. Also, the way that the, the first man died was just so unnecessarily yes. gory. Yep. Oh, it was... Br- all the deaths, I feel like, were br- like quite brutal. I was not expecting... like I've never seen that many people like explode. <laughs> Like, for real. In one movie, just, like, totally internally. That was crazy. Yeah, it was, oh, gosh, yeah. It was a, it was a very, like, uh, not only, like, literally a dark movie of, like, they were in, like, so far underwater. Yeah. uh, But it was also just, like, a very, like, tonally dark movie, Mm -hmm. uh, which I, I kind of, I liked. I felt like it fit well except for the there was like one scene where it didn't fit at all what was the um, when they were putting the suits on oh my god yeah (laughs) that's one big thing that was like a weird thing about this movie because like there were a lot of moments where it was trying to be like very funny and most of the times they didn't really work a because tj miller's not funny but also like the whole 
like architecture around of it is like kind of moody and kind of scary and kind of like everyone thinks they're gonna die and then it's just it ended up playing out really weird so like when they were all just like doing a fucking montage and putting on their spacesuits like all right let's go to our deaths everyone and listen to some fucking 80s like glam rock yeah let's go it did not fit at all no. oh and when that girl was like so do you guys have any dogs i have a <laughs> yeah i loved her yeah she's great she's really good it was a lot of i think that was the biggest issue i did have with this movie is like it's the stakes are obviously through the roof like this is like life or death quite literally and they kept using like like bathos like just like jokes in really tense moments to try and like alleviate the tension a little bit and i totally like get that inclination but at the same time it's Mm -hmm. like man you can you can just we'll be okay if you just let us feel this feeling entirely through this whole scene like it's totally cool Mm -hmm. we we don't have to be like let off the leash right this moment like you can wait till the next scene to like let us relax a little bit it was kind of a bit jarring Um, but when TJ Miller got slurped out of that suit, wild, I like full on like silly straw got sucked out of that suit. I was like, hell yeah, this is fucking go-gurt that bitch. Get out of here. It was exactly, it was a little boy go-gurt and like, it was was a sweet little boy go-gurt, a little snack for my tentacle son who I relate to the monster, by the way, we haven't gotten there yet, but like. Okay, I, let's talk about it. Tell me every. Sorry. Tell me everything, please, and thank you. The real hero. I just like he's he's just like they. Here's the thing. Humans put a big drill down there and woke him out of his nap, and he's like, okay, it's time for me to have thousands of children, and they will all eat you. And I just, yeah. I feel like if I was in that situation, I would do something very similar. So it, I just couldn't help but relate to yeah. the monster. I don't, even, I don't know. Is the monster the right? I don't think it got a name. I think it was just the big boy at the end. Just a big hunker. Yeah, just yeah. a large lad. I, this, this movie does a really good job at showing that the sea is so much scarier than space, like in terms of a thematic oh, like yeah. movie concept, because the sea is that shit could be there you know (laughs) like if you go down far enough we don't fucking know what's there and if we keep fucking drilling shit and being like oh let's see let's find out no don't fucking find out what why would you want to do that (laughs) stay up here it's good (laughs) don't do that this shit's gonna happen and this is so a plausibility and i'm like this is great because the sea is like inherently a cool fucking villain a natural villain and it makes sense, and it's great, and I'm into it. I agree. Um, I I was terrified by your mermaid sons, personally. <laughs> um, Those they, women boys. <laughs> to me, they looked like a combination of the mer people from Harry Potter, mm. and also the the things the like fish from Shark Tale. Oh my god! Yeah, like a like a weird combination of those. Right. Um, but I, I do agree. Like, I think that they were doing what animals do of like, animals are going to animal. And so <laughs> if you go down <laughs> that far, like I don't, I, I mean, obviously the humans were in the wrong. Obviously case do was not wrong though. So, She's like, never been wrong. <laughs> um, like, Nora and Emily were not in the wrong. Everyone else was in the wrong. Um, I think they almost, I, I don't have the quote, but, like, I think they almost literally said, like, we spent so much time thinking about that we can. We didn't consider whether we should. Like, it was almost exactly that <laughs> yes, line. right. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, yeah, there it is. Ooh, that big thesis. Yes. Give me that discourse. <laughs> and then we went right back to the murder, and I was like, I feel enlightened right now. Incredible. <laughs> Um, the one thing I would say, and this is so nitpicky in a movie with so many, like the, the physics in a lot of places, just off the charts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, we talked about my sons. I don't think it makes sense for them to be able to see stuff, you know, with like traditional eyeballs under there. Cause it's so dark and there's no light. 
why right. why do they see why should why 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 you know it doesn't make any sense to <laughs> me it's a great question <laughs> it's my only yeah. science question with this movie everything right. else is perfect but if you're that right. deep underwater totally it's it's like you need light for eyes to work so it wouldn't make sense that they would have evolved like that i still love Fair them enough. they're still perfect to me but <laughs> my beautiful my beautiful boys yeah yeah my perfect sons I agree. Mainly, well, because the, like, baby one didn't have eyes. And that made sense. Yes. It just right. had, like, a mouth. And yeah. I was like, all right, I get it. And then, like, the bigger boys <laughs> had eyes. And that doesn't make sense. Based on, I actively try not to learn about the ocean. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Because I don't listen I don't live there. <laughs> You're right. That's not my home. <laughs> I don't want to live there. It's not my fucking business. So yeah, fair enough. If they're not learning about me, then I'm not going to get into their business. Um, but from yeah. what I know, you need to have a little nightlight to be able to see down there. So that I didn't get it. Yeah. We've all, all seen the other. Nemo. We remember those little <laughs> antenna light the situations. Little, yeah. The little, little doodads. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all the other science, as far as I know, was completely 100% accurate, and I will not budge on that. Yeah. The amount of, like, small spaces that Chris and Stuart just, like, kind of climbed into <laughs> and was there for five seconds, and they're like, I did it. I solved the computer. And it's like, what? Okay. I don't know if that's... Everything seems to be, like, on fire and also being bludgeoned by giant, spa- like, sea monsters. But okay. Man. Yeah, I... Speaking of, we should talk about, like, the first couple scenes especially when they were like um when she's like brushing her teeth um mm-hmm. and they have that like super quiet moment like the one that was in the trailer mm-hmm. yeah because wow wow Dude, wow like, and when they're just running for like two solid minutes and there's water yes. coming in and they're just like i would say that too that like the production design on this and like the sound design is like super fucking awesome like, it felt like I was in it, and it felt really cool, and the way that it was shot and kind of put together was really cool, that it was just like, this is a very tense thing, and also, like, you're literally in, like, a submarine. Ah! Yeah, I, there were definitely some times, too, when they were, um, like, especially when they were getting T.J. Miller, where I was like, how are they getting the camera in these, like, super tiny, small spaces? Right. Uh, so I, I had a good time. With oh, yeah. Um, there were... There were a couple of things that I wanted to mention. One is how all the similarities to Twilight. <laughs> Please, God. I need so, you to hold my hand for this. Okay? <laughs> so here's my PowerPoint presentation. The movie starts off in the most beautiful way of making sure that you as an audience are incredibly aware of what's happening with all these like newspaper clippings. <laughs> yeah. The amount of exposition that is fully in like the credit sequence. Which, what that told me right away with this movie is that someone had watched Twilight, directed by Catherine Hardwick. And I was set up. Because all of the, like, extreme zooms on these newspaper clippings was very much like, oh, someone watched Bella, like, Google what vampires were. Got it. (laughs) Then we get lots of, we get a voiceover of Kristen Stewart. Got it. Got another box here. We get a lot of blue right we're under the sea but like also we get a lot of blue here so let's all right um we get a lot of Kesu in danger doing some oceans 11 here also some twilight we got supernatural creatures again did someone watch twilight we've got instead of women against women we've got them being friends and working together hi welcome to twilight (laughs) Again, it's like, how can you... It all connects here, right? There's so many similarities. This is the loosest connection you've made in a minute. And (laughs) one of the things that she does at the beginning of the voiceover is like, this is the story of how I died, which is exactly how the voiceover starts in Twilight. 
Yeah. They're both the story of how Kesu dies. Right, that's that's true. So, I mean, listen. It's both about her fighting a supernatural creature and dying, except for that in Twilight she, like, wakes up, though. So. <laughs> I mean, it's still all collect- uh, connected to 9-11, so, like, it checks out for me, you know? Like, we can right. still oh, go back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was worth mentioning is because this was held in production for a while. Like, this was filmed like a hot minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kesu had some input on the script and the fact that she would saw the original dynamic of it being very much a like final girl situation and was like, uh, I don't like that. Um, so she decided to give some feedback and have her and Jessica Henwick, who played Emily, decide to, instead of being adversaries, work together. So she didn't think that it worked best for them to be competitive, which I liked. Um, and I think played really well, especially mm-hmm. during some of the later scenes right. uh, in the movie. Yeah, I just, I don't see how this story would work with a rivalry at the center of it. Like it's, it's like a survival story. Like it doesn't really make sense that you're, I mean, you could, I guess make like, Oh, there's one pod left and they have to fight over it, but that's so mm-hmm. there's nothing you're, I don't know. It, it's a lot easier. I think for audiences to like root for someone to get to point B versus like, Oh, I'm going to root for this person to get it. And this person to not get it. And also there's like other monsters and like everything's broken. And like, there's too many it's like things flying at your head at that point. So it, yeah, I think it was a good choice on multiple levels. <laughs> yes. Also when case do does a hit at the end. Yeah. Choice. <laughs> I, oh, I love that because again, she like hops into a computer and is like, I did it. I fixed it. Um, now I know that there's all this energy that's inside of this building. That's not going to go anywhere. So why don't I just fucking nuke the thing? <laughs> yep. And measure, like, the blast radius, which is a measurable thing on my fucking submarine. <laughs> like, what? It's so good. It's all science, I guess. Yeah. Sure. And she did it, and I'm proud of her. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I love uh, it. yeah, it was hard for me to watch my self-insert character, like, explode, but it's it, it, it <laughs> was cool. <laughs> It was cool. It looked cool. Right. I I was like, well, and you know, that happens to me a lot where I just feel like I always bet on the wrong horse when I watch a movie. They always die at the end. So, um, but that's fine. I think it needed to happen. It needed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved the ending of it personally. Mm-hmm. I think it was great. Um, and I also think it was an interesting choice for her character to, I don't know. I think that the tonal shift of it to start off pretty cynical and then for her to, you know, because the whole thing was like her feeling so like powerless throughout her whole life and then ending with her having power and it being like such a good message. Um, I don't know. I I liked it. It was fine. So (laughs) She didn't die because the fucking sea monster killed her. She said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to let the ship do it. (laughs) Yeah. With my power energy it's gonna be awesome (laughs) right i'm gonna die with the power of science on my side right (laughs) i i yeah and i sorry go ahead no i the one thing that i uh, the one thing that had me slightly softly like just very gently for just a brief fleeting second took me out of it was we spent like the whole movie watching her like fix computers in a way that is not explained to us and is magical and like I respect it so much and then (laughs) the final thing is like well here's a broken computer but this one is too hard I I, I can't figure this one out Um, (laughs) it just right it's like ah this one's making a lot of noises actually I can't (laughs) this one is too hard I fix every computer like I am like god herself like creating the computer but I can't this one this one too hard and also i feel like there is a point it's the titanic getting on the door thing too where it's like you could fit two people in that orb for sure i think it's nice that she got a little uh agency at the end and she got to control it and blow up an agent uh, an agent an alien 
Um, yeah, a secret, a secret agent. agent. Well, you don't know. I'm, <laughs> this, I'm I'm bringing in my own fan fiction into this uh, into this story. <laughs> my fan fiction about this boy. Um, I think you could get two people in that orb easy. I mean, I'm no scientist, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think if you really wanted to, you could. So I agree with that. Yeah. Last thoughts on underwater. Super wet, wet and wild. Yeah, it is a wet and wild movie, for sure. I think there weren't enough moon pies. Oh my god. Yeah, but also more moon pie representation than we usually get, so maybe we should just be happy with Be happy with what we had. He pulls out that moon pie and he's like, you should give this to your girlfriend. It's like, nobody wants a soaking wet. It's like, oh... (laughs) I was like, Wait, there's no way like the plastic wrapper of the moon pie is so impenetrable no. that it is a pristine moon pie inside there. God. There's no fucking, they're underwater. Simply not. And like, how much did moon pie pay for that? They were like, we want to be the dirty snack. We want to be the dirty ocean snack they find. How, how much do we pay for that? Like, that's, I can't. I can't. Oh my God. Ugh. And also just trying to imagine one of them in their essentially like, astronaut suits trying to open a moon pie (laughs) like with that plastic wrapper that is a deleted scene i want personally yes absolutely trying to do that without just like completely smushing it (laughs) delightful is something i personally want all right so then next week we are getting back into you season two episode four oh yeah i don't even remember where we left off yeah. Joe probably uh. killed someone. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. We have a couple of patrons to thank before you get to your fan fiction. This week, Cody, I have selected a playlist uh, that Penn created for Cosmo. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's a lot. Oh uh, God. It's uh, very hipster, a lot of hits that you've never heard of before. I, this makes me think that you've never listened to music before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you saying that you've um, you've heard of Queen? Before? <laughs> sorry, it's a little or underground. This artist uh, called Fer. Sorry, is it Fergie? Fer- <laughs> you are spoiling it for the patrons. Can okay, you? All right, sorry. Um, all right, so I'll go ahead and start then. Um, our first and new patron is Elizabeth Swan. So Woo! welcome to the space. Welcome. Um, and Elizabeth, I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, number six, which is Love by Mostaf. Hell yeah. Shout out to Amy Taylor. Woo! Who's gonna be uh, number nine? Send it on by D'Angelo. Obviously. Hell yeah. Obviously. Shout out to. <laughs> I'm so glad that I get to do mulch this time. Um, <laughs> so, mulch, obviously, uh, you are going to be number 10, Toxic by Brave Spears. Mulch is toxic, but in all the best. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rebecca Steele. Hell yeah. Who's gonna be number two, Life, by Chicago Boy, Saba. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, Shout out to Kelly Beck. Yeah. Who's going to be number three. Interesting. uh, Pen must like Saba. Um, (laughs) Who's gonna be Angels featuring Saba by Chance the Rapper. So many Chicago boys. Hell yeah. Shout out to Janae Jasper. Woo! Who's gonna be Sorry by Justin Bieber? I like that song, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> TBD. I'm still, I know that song came out a long time ago, but I'm not really sure how I feel about it still. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Sophia Salinger. Woo, woo, woo. Who's gonna be Take Me to the Light by Francis and the Lights, Bonnie Vare, and Kanye West. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Pew, pew, pew. Who's gonna be somebody to love by Queen? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, shout out to Taylor, Brown, Town, Lawton. Yes. Have we done number five yet? No. Okay, alright. Then I'm gonna do number five, Glamorous by Fergie and Ludacris. 
Hell yeah. I mean, it's what Taylor deserves. That's that's <laughs> her agree. energy. <laughs> I agree. Shout out to Katie Weber. Pew, 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 pew. Who's going to be... This song's name's in French. And I don't... It's the last one. So I'm just... It's... It sounds great. It looks great. But it's in French. So I don't know how to say it. And I won't embarrass myself. <laughs> I believe in you. Thank you. But I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. Do, do you guys want me to try it? I took French for please. 10 years. Oh, oh my sure. God, please. I, yeah, I, go I took ahead. like legally required Canadian French. So like it's not real French, but uh, okay. <clears throat> Pava pour une enfante défunte. By Maurice wow. Ravel. What was that? What was that? I said it. I'm floored. Oh my god. <laughs> it's perfect. It's fine. Honestly, holy shit. Look, uh, <laughs> it was. It's like everyone in Canada has to take French for like a decade, and nobody remembers it because we're all horrible people who can't remember French. It's like a real problem up here. Don't even get me started about the politics, guys. It's pretty real. But guys, uh, <laughs> let's talk about it. I, uh, I I can say I know it's uh, something for a baby, and then another French word, and then the name is Maurice. Oh. So. <laughs> so just a side I Katie Weber I know that you didn't ask for this but each of these has like each of these Cosmo things has a little like a side that Penn wrote for them um, and Penn wrote for the the one that Megan so beautifully just said um, he wrote my you character Joe carries a sadness with him when he sees something gorgeous it's what fuels his mania I listen to this to get in touch with that it's achingly beautiful oh boy He's such a Scorpio. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm I am on the edge of my seat, Megan. I'm so excited for you to read this fanfiction. I cannot wait. I okay. So here's the thing, is like it's extremely convoluted. There are a lot of layers to it, and it might not actually be very enjoyable to listen to, but it was actually the maybe the uh, worst thing I've uh, written as a teenager. So I was like, it has to be legally speaking. Like it has to be something that is a yikes. So what you need to know before I dive into this brief paragraph uh, is that it's uh, a Jonas Brothers alternate universe fan fiction. I never finished it. Great. Um, so I just have like it's like a page and a half of a, a tight page. Um, so like normally with an AU, you'd be like in the title, it'd be like, oh, it's the Jonas Brothers. But they're normal and they're in your high school or they're like, um, you know, knights in the Middle Ages or whatever. And I think when I was writing this fic, I wanted it to really be this universe. Um, and because th that's the only real explanation I can offer. Because the story starts with God ending the world because he doesn't like how popular the Jonas Brothers have gotten and he wants them to be normal again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a full on like cleansing. Um, and that's all I wrote. I just wrote the apocalypse. So pretty great. This is also hugely sacrilegious, obviously, because the main character is God. Um, so you need to know God is in conversation with St. Peter. And also, for some reason, Marissa Tomei is there. She's still alive. I don't know why she's in heaven um, in this universe. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> These humans are too obsessed with those Jonas boys, God said. What kind of future is this? Joe is practically booked to win the presidency in the near future. Actually, that's Nick, the cute, sensitive one, piped up Marissa Tomei. Whatever, God hissed, waving her off. I think the time has come to blow some shit up. Peter sighed. Something put God in a mood. Sir, what's wrong? Did you miss this week's Gossip Girl? Now, I wrote this when Gossip Girl was very <laughs> popular, so like this is not necessarily a huge aside. It doesn't age very well. <clears throat> Continuing. Peter, you know I never miss a week of Chase Crawford's gorgeous blue eyes. Ugh, I can't believe he's with Blair again. She wears too many headbands. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that anymore. I think she wears like the right amount of headbands, but you know, back in the day, it was perhaps overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> sir, it would be most prudent to think this through, Peter urged. Peter, oh boy, Peter preferred Ed Westwick, but anything could set God off at the moment. This is an argument best saved for later on. Prudency, schmudency, chase baby, here I come, God said, squeezing the red detonator around his neck. And that's how the world came to an end. 
Uh, and that's it. That's a legitimate fan fiction that I wrote as a teenager. And I am surprised I turned out like a normal human being. Like, what is this? Um, but it's also a level of enchanting that I don't think I could ever replicate uh, at this late stage in life. Wow. <laughs> wow is oh, about right. Thank you for sharing that. What a us. gift. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, well, it's a burden for me, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. That's what matters. Hey, one man's no. trash is another man's treasure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that <laughs> with God. us. Um, that takes so much vulnerability, and so I appreciate that because the idea of discussing Gossip Girl with God is uh, is kind of blowing my mind a little bit <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, and I think I need so some good. time just to kind of reel from yeah, it a little bit. I didn't even realize the Penn Badgley connection until he realized he showed his whole Scorpio ass uh, just a few moments ago. I was like, oh, he was also in Gossip Girl. So this softly does tie in. Um, it does. I mean, not, it's all connected. Not well, but as long as it ties back again to 9-11, it's perfect <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> If you take one oh. thing away from this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Megan, where can people support you in your truth <laughs> and in your fan fiction space? After that fantastic reading, where can they give you love now? Um, I also accept hate. I do accept both. I, I, I accept. <laughs> no, I, no. No, I do. Any and all attention, it fuels me in a powerful way. So, like, either way, you can find me on Twitter at M-M-M-E-G-A-N. Yes. Um, I also write television in Canada. For some reason, they let me do that. So, uh, <laughs> please, if you're in Canada, watch Canadian TV so that I may continue to be employed. Any show, really. I'm not picky. I just need a job, so <laughs> please just do it. Please support the local industry. Yeah. I can't. I can't afford to go to L.A. right now, man. I got to stay in Toronto, and stuff shoots here. So pick a show that shoots in Toronto and watch it and say it's for me, and I, I'll love it. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things about following you on Twitter for the past I don't, it's been years, I feel like, at this point, um, is whenever you change your display name, um, could you share with our listeners right now what your display name on Twitter is right now? Because it's one of my personal favorites. Uh, of my yours. current name is Megan McKay, uh, Babu Frick's mom. <laughs> There's something about him that activates my maternal instinct. I just want to, and most people I think got that from Baby Yoda, who I feel no affinity for. Babu Frick is my legitimate son. Um, and I will raise him as such. He's perfect. Um, and he didn't, he, spoiler alert, did not die in Star Wars. That was the worst part of that movie when I thought he was dead for 20 minutes. Horrible. Um, Understandable. Yeah. 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 It's, it's powerful. Um, it has been an absolute joy to have you on this podcast. Thank you for bringing your positivity. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a joy to be here. It's, this was so much fun. Feel free to come back anytime and share your positivity. I can't wait to make Uh, you regret that. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, as we say here in Seattle, get bit, get whipped. Woo! This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Toast 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krause, you can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausefilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone